Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Welcome to the Battlefield Show. I am Scott Gibson, your Commander-in-Chief, guiding you through the battlefield of life. You know what you're here for. No more messing about. Stick the tape in. Hit the track. Onwards! Episode 29, 29, 29, coming on time, in your mouth, what? So, welcome uh, to another episode of The Battlefield Show, episode 29. Um, How you been? Hope you're safe and well, as always. Hope you're alive, um, to any English people. English bastards. Any English people listening to this in England? Um, hey, what's it like? <laughs> now that you're all out and about, driving to your partner's house for a pump, you know, breaking the law, saying to yourself, it's been weeks without my hole. If I was going to get the virus, I'd have fucking got it by now. So get your fucking pants off and get in the back of this Ford car and fucking for cooling country. How you been, man? Episode 29, as always, thanks to everybody who listens, subscribes, got in touch. Um, it's uh, weeks and days. I mean, it just doesn't even exist anymore, you know? 
It's all just it's all just mashing into one continuous fucking time zone. I was reminded um, yesterday, in fact, when this first started, my wee ma, me ma, my wee ma, wee mags, um, she was having a, a bit of a flaky at the start because um, my mum's not really online. I wouldn't say that she's follows the. She wouldn't. She wouldn't go into depth on a subject. Um, she, let's just say, whatever she hears in the news, she will take as fact, right? As the vast majority of the population in this country will do, they'll watch the BBC and they'll be like, "Oh my God, everybody's gonna die!" In the coronavirus. Whereas there are some others who know that uh, the government's full of shit, doesn't care if you live or die, and never believe a fucking word the BBC tells you. Um, so she was a bit freaked out at the start of this whole thing. And she's like, am I at risk? Am I going to die? Is this how it ends? And I can remember saying to her, think of it as a Sunday that lasts for three weeks. Think of it like that. Every day Sunday. You've got nothing to do. You don't need to go to work. Everything's tickety-boo. And what, are we ten weeks in now? How many fucking weeks are we in this? I, I can't believe that I've survived this long. Without going proper fucking mental. There's no, there's not even been a, a, a waiver, you know. Not once have I, have I almost had a full meltdown. But I don't want to say it feels like it's never ending because I heard today that our fearless leader Nicola Sturgeon is almost apparently is ready to discuss the possibility of at least loosening some of the lockdown measures in Scotland. What that will be, I don't know. My problem with all of it is, as we see how some people in England have reacted, as we see how people are still handling this fucking poorly right now, I just don't think you can trust normal people. Right now, you may be listening to this and you're going, but big man, we're normal people. We're not normal people. If you're listening to this, you're not a normal person, right? You're, you're better than them. You're above them, okay? I'm talking about normal people. Normal people who sit in on a Saturday night and watch Ant and Dex take away and think it's the greatest thing that's ever happened. Normal people who just accept everything that's told to them. That's, that's not us. We're not normal people, right? Even the day I had to go to the post office, um, the missus is, is uh, a business is booming. Business is booming. Eh? Those of you who are followed, or those of you who are just in the house, 100% salary. You lucky bastards! Buying stuff online. Keep it coming. At the post office today, two pensioners, there's a queue. Right, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Scott Mid stroke post office. And there's a queue outside. It's still amazing that people don't know what two metres is. I noticed that a lot of the signs now are saying two metres and then in brackets six feet. Because there's guys going, wait, where's two metres? Where's two metres, Franco? I'm feet and inches, I'm old school. See, see if you don't know what two metres is. See when it comes to social distancing. 
surely you would just overshoot it. Would you know? No, nobody's ever, especially when it's guys. I'm like, guys have been in line about length of stuff for years, their entire life. So why is it now you suddenly choose to come shorter? If you're in a queue and you're going, I don't know if this is two metres, tell you what, take a fucking step back, Cunter. How does that work out for you? Nobody's going to come up to you in a queue and go, excuse me, you're actually at 2.2 metres back there, so would you mind just shifting forward 0.2 metres just to bring you in a leg regulation social? Thank you very much. Yep. Just stand back, man. How hard is it to fucking stand back? I don't know where this obsession with people wanting to get close to each other is. I couldn't, even before lockdown, the thought of fucking having to stand close to the general public made me physically sick. Just stand back a bit. The worst of it is, when you are, you can clearly see there's a good bit of distance between you and the person in front of you, right? I know what fucking two metres is. Huh? Okay, I'm six feet tall. I'm standing going, if I was to fall, collapse in my heat now, would my fucking nostrils touch the back of his trainers? Unlikely. I'm far enough back. But then I've got some prick up my ass. Less than a metre away going, get, get fuck! What's the wingspan on your fuck, your average human? That must be two metres. Eh? You fucking... If I can swing my hand behind me, and knock the taste clean out your mouth. You're too close to me. That should be social distancing. Forget meters and feet because there's idiots out there, right? They walk amongst us like normal people. Social distance should be we should all be windmilling. I spin a rooney. You stand in a spot, you fucking get the fists out, and you a full 360. Five spins on the spot, and if you connect with anything. You're fucking too close. We've all seen these videos, right? Of the, I want to say he's Russian just because he's got that stereotype. He's, he's, he could be fucking, he could be we Dundee. I don't know. The big fucking slappy guy. He's built outside the house and all these wee twigs seem to come in and just go, oh, dish. And then he fucking winds up and then fucking shiklaki. Makes them forget who their fucking mon is. Power of that slap. He should be the social, social, social. I can't even say the word there. Social distancing man. Get him to come up in a queue. You know, and he stands two metres for you. Or what you think is two metres. And on three, he's going to unleash hell. And if you're within two metres, you're getting that right in the side of the puss. People would soon... Start to everything that I talk about comes back to violence. Everything. Every single solution I have to any problem is kill people. <laughs> is this how Hitler started? Is this is this how the Third Reich started? Hitler just sat about going fucking. How is it pensioners don't know how to keep two meters apart? Next minute, burn them, turn the oven on. <sighs> So with the post office, we're queuing to get in, and uh, this old dear just fucking blazed past. <laughs> what? Just blazed past. The full queue, straight in. Who the fuck? No, did I miss something here? I know there was some shops 
opening up at five in the morning so the pensioners could get in. But is this new, the unwritten rule that they just they just fucking blaze in? Nay, Kuhn. Here's the other thing that's getting me right. See if there's any pensioners still right now, to this day, out and about without a mask on. Get them in the fucking van and get them in the sea. What, what hope is there? You know, I'm saying to you, you're an old cunt. The chances of you surviving this are slim. Alright? You're effectively a fucking, a, a walking dirty sponge. Right? Of disease and virus. And it, you could be spreading it about. So just stay in the house. Okay, stay in the house, son. I'm going to get the post office. Right, we'll see when you go. I'll tell you how to do it. Put a mask on. Oh no, fuck that. Carry on. <laughs> we need you to make sure you keep your distance. Oh no, I'm an old cunt. They can move it my way. Can they, aye? Fucking. I think it's true in society that we would accept, especially in Scotland, I would I would stretch to say as full as the UK, that there's something about people when they get to a certain age, they have given up all fucks and they become more of a bastard, shall we say. You know? And, and it almost feels as if they have to be given a, a free reign because they're old. No! My grandfather, growing up, one the best the best grandfather ever, one of the best men, an incredible man, very kind man, generous man. See the last six, seven years of his life? A fucking cunt. An absolute fucking cunt. And do you know what his memory is? An old cunt. You don't get a free pass. Especially no whoever that's going on now. So the old fucking deer just blazed in. Woman behind me kicked off, right? I think her exact words were, we're fighting a losing battle, son. I was like, you're right, hen. You're right. She was fully masked up, to be fair. So she, she may have said something else. I just heard, I thought she said we're fighting a losing battle. I said, you're right, hen, where are I? Then I get sent to the post office and uh, standing there, I'm, I'm doing my bits and pieces. The woman who was behind me in the queue comes in and goes to the, the next person who's serving behind the, the desk at the post office. And uh, the guy says to her, I'm sorry that took so long, I couldn't get her to stop talking. Right, Classic old woman, she's just out for a natter, that's fuck all today, right? Buying a book of stamps or something. Good day, fuck. And the woman says to her, uh, she just blazed in. She just walked straight in, right past the queue, straight in, no keeping her distance. And she just walked straight up here. That's why I was annoyed when I came in. And then the guy behind the till said to her, our neighbours actually just passed away. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? What's that going to do it? Why are you acting like a cunt, mate? My neighbours died. What? That's going to have to do with anything. Woman done our business and we both went on our way. But the number of old people who are just kicking about like it's a normal day is unbelievable. Now, I don't know where you live. Some of you may be more rural. You may not see a lot of people. I'm in a city, man. You know, I'm in Leith. I'm in Edinburgh. And the pensioners, the number of pensioners on that street 
every fucking day. It's unreal, man. And the, this is this is why I think like this is why I start to worry that it's going to take such a long time for this to get back to normal. If you think about what life was like at the start of March before this happened, if that's what we're classing as normal, right? You, you, you wouldn't be mistaken for thinking this could take another year to 18 months to get back to that. Because even though we are, what, eight, nine, ten weeks into lockdown, there are people out there who still do not believe it's real and who are not taking this serious. And it's so, so frustrating that people now are getting frustrated. And and I think that if, if things are eased in Scotland or eased across the UK, I think it's only going to add to the problem. Because like I said earlier, people are stupid. Right, this, this idea that we, we can't we can't pitch things anymore or explain things anymore to at a level that you want people to understand. You need to start putting messages across at the bottom, at the, at the bottom level. There's a reason why newspapers like The Sun and The Daily Record and all that fucking garbage are written for 12-year-olds. That that level of reading, that's, that's what they're written as. So that a 12-year-old could read these papers and understand it because that is what the average person in this country understands and they're, and they're no getting that things are very very serious people are still dying people are still losing their lives educated people clever people people who have got far better understanding of not only the current situation but viruses virology health in general are telling you that there's going to be a second spike we don't know if the second spike is going to be worse than the first you know, best case scenario, it's the same. But yet, still, people out and about traveling, seeing friends, you know, going around each other's houses. It's, it's, it's insanity. And the worrying thing is, I'm sure most of you have seen videos of these fucking assholes in Glasgow and across the UK, especially in London, having these rallies meeting up saying it's all lies I am a man I'm not a number what hope do you have but I'm now at the point where I'm going I not only do I not care about these people I am past the point of even trying to engage with someone like that in conversation past past it and, and images like that on the media, that only, it only, it affects things negatively. Because here's the problem with it. When the BBC, ITV, Channel 4, whatever, broadcast videos of these idiots holding these rallies in London or Glasgow, whatever it was, and you see them being led away by the police, and just the, the sheer number of people who were there, the majority of people, right, the average person, they are not sitting at home going, isn't that disgraceful? Why are they doing this? People are losing their lives. They're looking at those videos and they're saying, look at all the police that are standing next to each other without masks on. Look at all the press 
that are standing next to each other without masks on. Maybe this isn't real. People are clearly out. People are clearly close to each other. No social distancing. But nobody here has got the virus. Nobody's dying. So nobody's watching these videos and thinking, this is terrible. Why are they doing it? They're watching it going, maybe this is bullshit. You look at the way people reacted this weekend, right? Myself included to the fucking football going back on in the Bundesliga. I've never knew there were so many German football fans out there. Everybody going mad for it. I've made fucking curry first and I'm having a pint. Good for you. These things across Europe, Australia, slackening the laws, New Zealand pretty much going back to the way it was. Football starting up in Germany, other parts of Europe, slackening the laws they've got in social distancing and what businesses are allowed to open. That's only further adding to the fact that people in this country are going to start losing patience with the current situation, I think. And all I, all I worry is that people are going to be putting their lives and other people in danger. Because it's going on too long. And there's not enough. I don't know, I don't know what we need to change. I don't know if possibly maybe in Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon or I mean you're never gonna get it for the Tories, but somebody has to come out and maybe tell us the truth. Because we're not being told the truth. Definitely not. We need to be told more about if you have the virus, how long it lives in you for, what this second wave is going to be like. People need to have a bit more information. And if we are, if we're going to even consider slackening things in Scotland, people need to understand what's going on. Because I still don't think people do. It's it's a it's a worrying time, man, because we, we've came this far. And it would be a shame for the second spike to hit and to hit harder. I mean, even the conversations that I've seen about Schools reopening, you're like, what the fucking hell is going on, man? What the fuck is going on? And you see people being interviewed, and the kids are like, I just want to get back and meet my pals. Why? Why am? Why are we? Why are we? Why are we? What? I'm fucking broken. Why are we allowing? Chill? I don't give a fuck about your opinion. You're a child, mate. I want to go and see my pals. Of course you do. You're a kid. That's what kids do. You know, and then the interview, the, the, the wee guy's mum, she's like, I'm really worried about sending them back to school. Of course you are. Any normal person would be worried. You know? And then you get some arsehole guy on, and it happened to be a dad. And do you know what? I'm sure he is an arsehole. It's time the kids went back to school, man. This is getting out of hand, you know? His exact words to standing with his, with his son, think of the education he's losing. Think of the education, mate, yeah. I'm sure he was a top grade student when he was in school. See, if I was a teacher, and I know I joke about teachers, obviously, because it's not a real profession, you know, it's part-time, child-minded and whatnot, but you'd be fucked if you'd be getting me back in the classroom. Not a fucking chance. If the government was to turn around at the end of May and say, right, schools are going back 1st of June, I'd be like, you can fucking teach your own kids. Teach your own fucking kids. You think you're going to go back into a classroom where there's absolutely no way in God's green earth you could control social distancing in those situations? Absolutely not. Parents coming to pick up the kids, all mingling together, talking. There's no way that parents are going to social distance. Some might. The vast majority won't. 
teachers, I would imagine, would be unable to do it. With the size of the school and the space that they have, they'd probably be unable to social distance. And also, as one teacher had said um, the other day in an interview, at some age levels, they have to sometimes comfort kids. You know, there has to be that physical connection sometimes with children, especially young kids. You know, if they're upset or they hurt themselves or what, sometimes they're going to be that. And what are you going to do? Are you not going to embrace a child? They could use the fucking the cuddling sheet. Ah. Oh! They could use the cuddling sheet. What a fucking lovely wee segue that was. God almighty. I don't, again, this is what, this is what this country has come here. People with learning difficulties and they're fucking creating a cuddle sheet. Now, I don't know if that man is, is ill. Um, if he has medical problems, if if he does, I apologise. You 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 may have seen the videos, you may not. A, a guy has invented what's been described as a cuddling sheet, so he can cuddle his granny. Not a euphemism. Actually, cuddle his granny. Um, now, the the thing that I love the most is the amount of people who post these online going, "No, you're you're not crying. I'm crying." What has happened to us? What has happened to us that this is moving people to tears? If you've not seen the video, woman comes out of her conservatoire, uh, having her husband, old cunts, right, pensioners, and the grandson, what we believe to be the grandson, um, has invented this cuddling sheet, which is basically a, 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 a sheet of tarpaulin, clear tarpaulin, and he's got four holes in it, I assume sealed, and then he's put gloves, so two gloves up high, two gloves directly underneath, and one person, uh, your granny would go low, because she's wee, puts her hands through there, and then you put your hands up high, and then you cuddle each other through the sheet. And you're probably thinking, why? Exactly, that was my first. That was my first thought. Uh, why? I am. Um, I mean, I know in their heads they're probably going, "This is a great way to have a cuddle," because it doesn't mean the virus can get you. And we're also no touching because there's a barrier in there. Again, if you watch the video, I don't want to be a cynic, you know, but it's probably half a foot too short and their fucking legs are dangling at the bottom. So if there is any virus, I imagine it's going to transfer um, through that point, skin-to-skin contact, especially with the age of that woman, the pensioner. I imagine her skin is falling off at a rate of knots. So let's hope for everyone's sake that that family is now fully infected and are no longer with us in seven days. A cuddling sheet... That's that's where we're at now. That's how much stress people are under. We're inventing a cuddling sheet. And do you know the best thing? It's probably not even an invention. I, I guarantee you, you're telling me there isn't somebody out there who likes to wrap themselves in tarpaulin and have a cuddle. Of course there is. Of course there is. Cuddling sheets have probably been around for years, man. Eh? And see if that's the case, why do we not just wear rubber suits? Why do we not just kick about in fucking rubber suits? If you really want a cuddle, put a fucking scuba diver's outfit on. Huh? Green your granny's just fill tank. 
mask, flippers, the works. Have a roll about together. Oh. I'm loving this whole thing about see as soon as lockdown's over, I'm gonna cuddle you. I'm gonna cuddle you, I'm never gonna let go. What? This is probably people who I imagine after that first visit is over, people will go back to fucking avoiding their family at all costs. Cuddle sheep, man. Oh. You should patent it. Fucking sell it. Make yourself a fortune. I'm the cuddle sheep guy. I uh, fucking love cuddling my granny. I mean, there's questions there, you know. Questions to be asked. One thing that I saw that interests me was the the greenhouses a restaurant in Amsterdam has put these uh, greenhouses at the end of I imagine what is their bit of road um, the only way to describe it is their restaurant looks out onto water and they have erected, good use of the word they have erected uh, small greenhouses at the bottom where normally there would have been like tables and chairs to dine outside. And these greenhouses are perfect size for two people. And they're talking about that this is going to be the future of, of dining when you eat out. And I'd listened to another podcast uh, yesterday, in fact, and it was talking about something similar in, in the States where, um, in America, because obviously each state is effectively its own fucking People's Democratic Republic. So they're all making up different rules and one of the states had released its rules for allowing patrons to uh, to, to dine again in restaurants. Now the Amsterdam thing was, was funny because the the waiters and waitresses are all, I mean, head to toe PPE, right? Full like fucking butchers, serial killer aprons on, um, masks, gloves, the works, right? And they're they're feeding the dishes in on kind of long planks of wood, right? Now, what I love about this is, obviously it's good advertising for the restaurant, right, first of all. And it almost feels as if, like, we are now going by the kind of, like, if you don't see it, it didn't happen. You know, out of sight, out of mind, right? That's the That's the... The phrase I'm, I'm looking for. Out of sight, out of mind. Because as long as you're sitting there, listen, you're sitting in a greenhouse, man, yourself, right? See, when you come out, we fucking blast that with bleach, you know? We scrub it down. We take it apart. We fucking melt the glass. We re-blow the glass. We recycle the steel. We, you know, we, we bring a JCB digger in. We dig up this whole promenade. A guy comes in on Monday, relays the concrete... Pet, clean as a whistle, right? Clean as a fucking whistle. The the tablecloth that's on here, we set fire to it. We burn it after every use, right? So there's no way any virus can can be inside the greenhouse, right? And when you arrive at the restaurant, we we blast you with a water cannon and uh, scrub you, you know, from two meter distance. We we bleach in hot soapy water. So you're spotless, right? All our waiters, uh, 
shaved head to toe at the start of every shift. We we shave them with a can of links and a lighter. We burn the a layer of skin from their body, fresh skin, every shift. Not a not a bit of virus on the cunt, right? Serve your food on on wooden planks, you know. So we don't touch you, you don't touch us. Just just It's in a it's in a kitchen. It's in a kitchen. Do you think if you go back into the restaurant, all the shelves, all the shelves, all the chefs are in there in the fucking, in the cuddle sheet making dinners? Of course they're not, they're fucking, they're, it's a restaurant. They're moving about, screaming, fucking, wee chef, two black pudding, aye, aye, captain. But again, I say, I mean, you don't, you don't see that as long as you just see somebody bringing dinner to you on a fucking plank of wood, you're like, oh, it's virus free, love. Somebody in the back there farting your dinner, sneezing, rubbing his balls on your fucking chicken Kievs. The 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 the, uh, the conversation I heard on a podcast was talking about how groups will be limited, so no more than a group of four ever, which is fine. I mean, why you'd want to have more than four people for a dinner? I don't know. You can't have a conversation. You only know, can't converse. Um, no more than tables of four. Um distance, you'll be given a time slot to enter and, and leave a restaurant um, people or or guests, people who are, who are dining out may have to enter and leave the restaurant in a different way you, you, you can't pass by people, there was also a, a discussion about the waiter coming around and, and regularly taking people's temperature, <laughs> taking people's temperature at the table <laughs> You know, like when I wear, I used to go and go, everything okay with the meal? Ah, it's fine, mate. And then fucking zap. Cunt's fucking 85 degrees, man. You get you get warm after you eat your dinner. Anyway. Huh? What are you going to do? They're going to zap you go, you're fucking, you're running a bit hot there, big man. You know, fucking hell, I'll just undo a top button. I'm going to have to say, sir, if you, if you cannot drop your temperature within the next five minutes, we're going to have to ask you to leave. What is a restaurant going to be like? What is it going to be like? And 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 is are we really craving that? What is it we're craving? Because even now I, I'll say to people, you know, I can't wait to go out for dinner. But what is it I'm craving? Because I'm not I'm not craving the the getting to the restaurant. I'm not I'm not craving that. I'm not craving the trying to find a parking space or paying twenty quid a taxi to get to a restaurant. I'm not craving that. I'm not craving the. You know, having to queue up to get in my table, been shown to a bar first for a drink because they've not got a table ready. I'm not craving that. What is it I'm craving? I'm not craving being jammed in somewhere, surrounded by people, listening to a fucking shite chat. I'm not craving that. I'm not craving poor customer service. I'm not craving that. I'm not craving some fucking idiot coming over, fucking up the order, knocking the table, some wobbly table. I'm not craving that. So what is it I'm craving? I don't know. Is it the fact that I'm craving somebody to make something that I can't make? Is it the fact that I'm I'm craving I, I want to be somewhere other than my own home with the missus? I don't know. There, there are a lot of restaurants um, in Edinburgh that I've seen. Borough, Six by Nico, that's the two that I, I've got the emails from. Um, is it Easel or Axel or something? can't remember the name of that one, where 
higher end restaurants are now doing home delivery. So you're signing up um, week in advance, so they have the numbers. The two that I'm looking at is Six by Nico and the Borough uh, in Leith. Um, was going to do Six by Nico last weekend to to try it to check it out, but it was, it was an Indian um, special they were doing. So I think Six by Nico are picking a, a a theme for the menu every week. And uh, I was going to do it last weekend with the missus, and uh, I didn't do it because it was an Indian one. And to be honest with you, the menu that was on the Indian, there was nothing exciting, nothing that either neither of us had ever tried or that you probably couldn't make at home, really, if you if you went for it. So I thought, we'll wait and we'll try and do... We'll do it when it's a nice menu. And I wanted to do the one from the borough, but they had sold out within, like, the space of half an hour, so we couldn't get that. And then I had to sit the whole weekend and watch people posting pictures on fucking Instagram. <laughs> Amazing dinners. Long story short, it's basically high-end, medium, decent restaurants are off on a, a three-course meal plus a bottle of wine. Now, you're talking 50 quid, right? £50 to £70 with the price ranges. Now, you might be sitting thinking, that's a fucking lot of money, but I will, I'm telling you right now, for fact, for fact, if you were to go to any restaurant, even a shit restaurant, and the two of you, you and your missus or you and your partner, and you both have a three-course meal and a bottle of wine, you're getting fuck all back for 100 quid. I guarantee you. Guarantee you're getting fuck all back for 100 quid. But yeah, here you are. Three courses each and a bottle of wine for £50. Now, that's possibly making you think, you know, how much are they taking the piss out of us in the restaurant when we're, when we're normally there buying food? They're taking the piss out of you a lot, right? A bottle of wine that's costing them, what, four or five pounds again? You're paying 22 £23 for it. But hey, that's the way the fucking restaurant game works. And the best thing about decent restaurants is they're unapologetic. You know? You think, hey, well, we share a bottle of wine. Like, you know, you've got the wine list or you asked to see the wine list. And you're going, right, we're looking at 25 to £30 a bottle of wine. You think that's fucking taking the piss. But the restaurant don't come over and go... Listen, we could maybe do this for you or that for you. They will say, hey, you don't like it, you can fuck off. And you've got to admire that. You've got to admire that. You've got to admire the whole fuck off attitude of the high-end restaurant. You know? You don't like it? Fuck off. Cause some other mug will come in here and pay £32 for a bottle of fucking Spanish red that they've never heard of. But, three courses each, bottle of wine, 50 bangers. And I think that that might be a viable future for a lot of restaurants. The costs involved in running a restaurant are astronomical. Astronomical. The the rates that they will pay, the, the rent that they will pay for a space will be insane. There, will, there are some restaurants easily in, in the city of Edinburgh alone who will probably have to turn tables over three, four, maybe even five times a night because their space is so small but their operating cost will be so high because they'll have to pay waiting staff, bar staff, kitchen staff. All of which are factored into the price of your meal. 
then you very quickly realise why you're paying 15, 16, 20 pound a main and why you're paying 30, 35 pound for a bottle of wine because all of these costs are factored into the food now you strip all that away and suddenly they have the option to offer you as good a quality of meal but delivered at home for far less operating costs because they will almost do this as like a, a catering thing you know like a wedding they maybe do enough for 90 covers they put 90 orders online they sell out you know and you know every single weekend friday and saturday you're going to do 180 covers you can you can budget in for that you can then start to offer meals that you know one are easy for them to mass produce easy to then travel you know and be delivered and third easy for the guest the person at home to then play or recreate that suddenly that then becomes a viable option and is eating at a restaurant in the future going to be something that's beyond the normal person's reach with regards to costs is it going to be like a like a chef table kind of thing you know where restaurants maybe have two tables in it you know they, they, they have enough to bring in maybe 10 guests a night and you're looking at two three four five hundred pound a plate i don't know i don't know everything right now is up in the air everything's up in the air e even bars think how many by the time lockdown's over think how many bars are going to have closed because they just can't you're talking before this there was pubs shutting every day in the UK you know people are going I can't wait to get back to a beer garden can't wait to get back into the pub how do you even know a pub's going to exist how do you know that again to go into a pub it's not going to be like £15 a pint because you are now having to pay that little bit extra to enjoy something you used to know, the nostalgia, the atmosphere of it, that's what you're going to have to pay for. Who knows? You know, not, none of us know. None of us know what it's going to be like. I mean, God forbid this happens again next year. God forbid. You know, or, or this second wave is far worse than the first. There are, there are still, it's, it's hard for us to think about these things globally, but there's parts of the world that are still waiting for the peak of the first one. You know, parts of South America. I, I, I had read that Argentina is stopping all flights in and out of the country. You know, they're, they're still at that stage in the lockdown. Who knows what's going to happen, man? I, I think it's going to be an interesting, an interesting next few months. Um, I have no idea what my industry is going to look like I don't even know if what comedy is going to be like live comedy it may be it may be a good thing for my industry in my opinion and, and what, what I'm thinking of it is that I I think there is nothing worse than arena comedy I think it's possibly the worst thing that's happened to my art form is arena comedy. Comedy with 5,000, 6,000, 10,000, 12,000 people in attendance. I think there's nothing worse than it. Comedy is meant to be old, like old school theatre. 
you know, not pantomime, but you're meant to be able to see them, touch them, feel, feel as if you are part of something, both performer and audience. You know, for, for an audience to sit in a theatre, a beautiful theatre, a beautiful space, or in a room of a certain size, 500 to 1,000 people, say. And to feel as if this is something quite special, you know, you're getting something different, not tailored because it can be the same show over again, but to feel as if you're close enough to see the performer and they're close enough to see you, to, to have that sense of this is an occasion, you know, rather than I am one of 10,000, I can't even see them on stage, so I'll spend my night watching it on screen. And the room and the space is so big that there's no interaction from performer and audience. It is plant feet, do the show, and fuck off. And then cash that sweet check. Of course, money is the thing. And money is what makes the world go round. This is all about money. Every single decision that will be made over the coming months is about money. And don't think for a second it's not. So my industry will be affected by it. I don't think gigs on that scale will exist anymore. I really don't. But does that mean that you're going to have to pay 50, 60, 70 pound to go and see one of the big comics in a smaller venue? Probably. Because they're greedy fucking guns. <laughs> but then how does that affect the music industry as well? I don't know. That could be the other thing. Are concerts cancelled forever? Does that even exist anymore? Do, do festivals exist? You know, do, do festivals, are they just a thing of the past now? How could you safeguard that many people? Things like Glastonbury, for example. The, the sheer volume of people at Glastonbury. I mean, that, that's festivals within a festival. Could you see something like that happening again next year? I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if how many of you have gone back to work this week, how many of you have been forced back? That's the other thing. You know, how many of you are actually, I, I suppose in a way, I was I was going to say that I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones that I'm not being forced back to work. I'm going to, I mean, Christ. Well, I'm struggling, you know. Financially, I'm struggling, yes. But mentally, I'm struggling as well because it's, it's a huge part of my life performing. The weekends are the worst for me. But Monday to Thursday, I'm I'm fine, totally fine. I'm used to being at home. I do a bit of work. I'll do the podcast, whatever. But Friday and Saturday, my mental health, my depression has rock bottom because I'm used to performing. I'm used to traveling. I'm used to being away. And then come eight o'clock on a Friday and Saturday night, I don't know what to do with myself. Because even though it's been weeks since I have worked, I am still, you know, I've been doing this nearly 10 years, man. You know, I'm used to being in that mindset. But how many of have you been, have you, sorry, how many of you have been forced back to work in this past week with what Bojangles has done, you know? I was thinking the other day going, think of the people returning back to their work for the first time and they've left stuff in the fridge, man. Holy shit. You imagine going, going, 
Some cunt has left a bottle of milk in here and now the milk has taken over the kitchen and it's holding the toaster hostage. There's got to be people going back to find life inside their work's fridge. You know, like full ecosystems. When I, when I worked in an office, I used to love fucking with people when they put things in the fridge. And I know it's petty and I know it's small. But anybody who's worked in an office, in a small office environment, will know, once you get to know people's personalities, you know what makes them tick. And if there is someone in your work who labels their food or labels their milk, they're the easiest people to fuck with, because you just take the label off. Or you write something else in the label, and they fucking lose their mind. That used to be good fun, man. Always milk. People with milk. It's just milk. You know? How can we know yourself communal milk? There's the milk, guys. Fucking plow in. No, I want my own milk and I want my name on it and I want people to know this is Sandra's milk. Well, guess what, Sandra? Your milk's gone for a walk. <laughs> people used to freak it, man. Somebody's taking my milk. <laughs> oh. It's going to be weird going back as well, isn't it? It must be weird if you've been off for, say, like six, seven, eight weeks. And you're back into work again. Must be odd. Because there's probably never been a time in anyone's working life. I mean, it would happen in school when you would all leave the same day and you would all come back at the same day, summer holidays. And you'd have that six-week, seven-week gap where you would see your friends, but there's obviously people within your year who you maybe don't socialise with, you don't see them. And it's the first time that you've seen them for six, seven weeks. So it's going to be very strange for people who are back in that kind of working environment where there's a large number of you, whether it be an office or whether it be even construction, you know, if you're working with a large group of people, it must be strange the first time you go back and you're all returning the gun. It must be that kind of, what the fuck's happening, you know? Who knows, man? Who knows? This has been quite a... This has been quite a ranty one. I, I did not... I'm going to be honest with you. I thought this was going to be quite a happy-go-lucky episode when I sat down, and then I've just rabbited on for about 40 minutes, and it's some of it's been quite horrible in parts. How do we turn this round? Let's do some questions, shall we? Let's do some listeners' questions. Before before I do, um, as always, if you want to support the show, um, the best way you can do it is subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Acast, Stitcher. However you get your podcast, whatever podcast player you use, please subscribe to The Battlefield Show. If you can subscribe to us in iTunes, leave us a five-star review. It helps move up the charts and it helps the show be seen by others. If you'd also like to support the show uh, further, you can do so by becoming a patron, a Patreon. Head to www.patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson and you can sign up for as little as five dollars um, that will give you access to an extra Patreon only episode every single week there is also comedy albums on there um, and more will be dropping soon but it basically gives you a whole load of extra goodies and once lockdown is over access to free tickets for gigs um, so if you would like to do that please consider becoming a patron today patreon.com forward slash 
Big Scott Gibson. Those of you who are on the Patreon, Patreon, will have uh, saw the first episode of the little new interview kind of podcast thing that I'm doing called Officer's Mess. And episode one was with the living legend, Gary Little. Um, so episode one went out last week to patrons. Um, and I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you to those of you who got in touch uh, with comments about the episode and about the show. Um, I'm enjoying doing it. There's another one coming out this week uh, with the wonderful Jeannie Jones, who is a very good friend of mine. She's a stand-up and a GP. And we talk uh, a little bit about comedy and also um, how she has felt the uh, the kind of brunt of the whole coronavirus situation with her day job. And we, we talk a little bit about that. So episode two with Jeannie Jones will be coming out to patrons uh, this week um, so if you would like access to the officer's mess along with all of the past patreon episodes then sign up today go to the website scottgibsoncommon.co.uk all the links are available there um, right let's do some listeners questions shall we let's let's do that right thanks to everyone who got in touch as usual uh, we've got loads more on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let's have a wee look here. Uh, Douglas Anderson. Douglas is asked on the Patreon. Uh, Douglas, a uh, legend, Battlefield, fully-fledged, paid-up member of the Battlefield Army. Douglas is asked, what sense could you live without if you had to choose between touch, taste, or smell? Dries us. Um, this may be alluding to the fact that uh, loss of smell and loss of taste has uh, this week been added to the official symptoms of coronavirus. For some reason, the government uh, was going, no, no way, man, taste and smell, fuck all today with us. And then they have been forced to admit that, yes, a loss of taste and smell are one of the symptoms of coronavirus. Um, right, so if we've got to choose one to go without, taste, smell, or touch. Probably smell. You're probably going to go without smell. Although, taste. I mean, you don't want taste, right? Because you need to enjoy food and life and, you know. Mm, that tastes fucking delicious. You need taste, right? Because if you couldn't taste it, people would just be getting yeet shites for 50 quid. You know that, right? You know that. It, from a guy, that's what's going to happen, right? If you're in a pub with your mates, you know he can't taste it. Nothing, right? You, you can give him anything. Can't he taste a fucking thing? What, what, cinnamon? No. Dug shite? No. You're joking. 50 quid says you only eat a dug shite. You know that's exactly what's going to happen, right? Smell. A smell part of taste. Do those two go hand in hand, so to speak? You know, can you taste without smell? If you've never tried it, you should. You get a wee bit of chocolate. What's better with dark chocolate? Like actual chocolate. Vegan chocolate is a good one to do it with. Vegan chocolate is the best vegan thing there is because it's just all chocolate, there's no shite in it, put a bit of chocolate in your mouth, hold your nose, right, and chew the chocolate, let it sit in the tongue, and then let go of your nose and allow the air to flow through naturally and you will see or you will, you will taste the difference in the taste of the chocolate simply by adding oxygen into to the mix and you see how important you know, both smell and taste work, work together. So, maybe smell, obviously then you wouldn't smell your missus farts, 
or the Doug's farts. Jesus. The Bull Tour Manager's farts, man, recently have been fucking grim, like death rattles. You know? He done one the other day, and I was sitting just watching it. Silent, just, he does wee silent farts. I don't know if that's because he's got a loose arsehole or something, you know, he doesn't catch an edge, but he just does wee silent farts. And I thought, I honestly thought the fucking Grim Reaper was here to collect me. It was like sulfur. I was like, why the fuck, why I can smell zombies? Maybe smell, and then touch. You know? What do we mean by touch, though? Do we mean we can't feel people touching us? You know, or we can't we can't feel things we touch. I don't know. I don't know. So that's an odd one. It's a tough one, Dougie. Um, for the sake of moving this on, I'm going to say smell, big man. I'm going to say take out smell, so I can still taste and touch the two teas. <laughs> taste and touch. Thanks, Dougie. Thanks for the question on the Patreon. Um, again, you too can become uh, a battlefield army member. Um, by signing up to Patreon today. So fucking do it, and then you can be Dougie's pal. Pair of legends. Right, um, let's look here. Facebook, David Exley. David Exley's asked, First treat when lockdown ends, a massage, mate. I said this the other day to the missus. A massage. I'm gonna, I'm missing it. I used to go, I'd treat myself every now and again, you know. No, no every week, because that's, that's extravagant, right? That's getting a bit weird. At least once a month. Every two weeks, I used to go to the Turkish Barbers, right? I'm missing the boys. I'm missing the boys on, on uh, Easter Road and the Turkish Barbers. Good lads, ex-fucking, you know, Turkish assassins who have been sent over here to lay low. You know, their, their hands have seen action, right? When they, when they grip your shoulder and they position your head, you know, these hands could snap you like a wishbone, right? That's what I look for in my Turkish barber. A man who has looked at another man's eyes and killed him up a mountain. That's what I'm looking for, right? Used to go to Turkish barbers, get the old barnet and the beard sorted out, because those boys know how to handle a beard. And then I'd toddle up to the, uh, the Thai massage at the top of uh, Easter Road. And I'd let those little ladies go to town on the knots and the stress in my back. No, it's a good, it's a good Thai massage place because uh, reception desk always manned, uh, clean and tidy, no CD. There's no, there's not a neon sign to be seen, right? So because the, a lot of the problems with some of the massage places is you don't know if you're gonna get the knots in your shoulder worked out. Or a finger up your ass. It's a ve- it's a fine line. It's a fine line. Either way, you leave disappointed. So massage, mate. Once this is all done, and we can go back to normality, I'm going to go to the Turkish barbers, get the beard sorted, and then up there to see my Thai princess. And I'm going to let her fucking elbow drop me for the wardrobe or whatever it is she used to do. Tiny wee thing, man. Tiny wee woman. But fucking the power in these horns, man. Jesus Christ. So that's what we need. Bit of de-stressing. What about you, David boy? What's on the cards? What are people going to do once this is over? I think holidays is probably a big thing. I think a lot of people will try and get away, escape, escape. You know? I think the man says they're going on a cruise next year. 
I think you should fucking ban all cruises and euthanise people who want to go on cruises. Does that know how all this fucking starts? Just a, a, a sailboat, a disease, a cruise. Eh? Is it no time we shut down cruises? Who knows? But they're booked up, I think. A holiday would be good, man. Right, um, what have we got here? Andrew um, on Twitter has asked, if you had to choose three fillings for your perfect sandwich, what would it be and what bread? Now, this, Andrew, you've, you've won bonus points for that follow-up question because clearly a man who understands the important part of a sandwich. A good sandwich... A good sandwich, and I'm going to say, I'm going to go as far to say 70% of a good sandwich is down to the bread. There, I said, can I take it back? I said, it's in, it's in the internet, live forever. 70% a good piece is in the bread. Now, you may have seen on Instagram that I posted up a picture of Arby's in Leith, which is a sandwich shop. We got a home delivery um, from them. And they basically send you all the ingredients and then you make the sandwich uh, in the house, right? And I do have to say that having been to Arby's in person and bought a sandwich and then having the home delivery system, I can confirm that there was not enough filling in the home delivery system. For a sandwich, it should be, I'd say you're looking at rule, rule of three, Right? Perfect cross-section of a sandwich. You want third, third, third. Bottom third bread, middle third filling, top third bread as a minimum, right? If you want to extend that, you want maybe more filling of bread at a push, but that's your minimum standard, right? Whereas, sadly, this was more like, you know, two-fifths bread, one-fifth filling, two-fifths bread, right? Um, They serve... All their sandwiches on focaccia bread. Focaccia! And I've got to say, that is a that is a damn good option for sandwich bread. Salty. Good bit of give in it. Absorbent as well. Can take a sauce, right? So do you know what? I'm going to just lock that in. Focaccia bread. What a fucking sandwich, man. Fillings. This is when it can get a bit interesting. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep it plain and simple I love a good tuna meal I love it right I love a good tuna meal but I'm going to tell you this you can put sweet corn in it if you want but just don't do it why Why waste your time why bother you know why bother why deny yourself pure pleasure of tuna meal by, by flinging in a few bits of corn and just ruining it you know, it's not that it's not that it's bad. It's not that you're not you're not going to turn it away if it's offered to you. But just don't do it to yourself. Just don't do it. Tuna mayo, can't go wrong. Wee bit of salad, ham and cheese. But if you're going to go ultimate, if you're going to go ultimate sandwich, you're going to need chicken breast. You're going to need a chicken, right? You're going to need to cover that chicken, season salt and pepper. Garlic salt and for a wee bit of spice, either some kind of peri peri or like a kind of mixed seasoning, right? Even a seasonal 
we'll go for seasonal. Over the top of chicken breast, wee bit of olive oil, get that in the oven, roasting, right? Roast that chicken breast, roast that baby right up. Cooked to perfection, okay? Now here we go, this is when it gets interesting, right? On the bottom half of your focaccia, you're going to lightly spread whole grain mustard. That's right, that's what I said. Whole grain mustard. Whole grain mustard. <laughs> whole grain mustard. On the top bit of the focaccia, mayonnaise. Okay? Bottom half, whole grain mustard. Top half, mayonnaise. Then you're going to lay down a bed of lettuce, right? Now, me, I would shred it finely. That's what I'm going to do. Lettuce in the bottom, bit of cucumber, okay, thin, and some thinly sliced tomatoes. Hockey. You take that warm, warm chicken breast for the oven. You slice it lengthways. You don't go, you know, wee chunk, lengthways. Long strips. And you lay that on top of a catcher. Okay, and then you're going to hit that with a wee bit of cheese. Now, it's going to be a strong cheddar, right? Grated. Okay? Strong white cheddar, grated. And you're going to put that, not liberally, I don't want I don't want a large bit of cheese, just, just sparsely over the top. But make sure it's all covered edge to edge, right? Edge to edge with cheese. And then here's the kicker. You're going to take a hoisin sauce. Now, hear me out. Hear me, you're going, big man, this is getting extravagant. Listen, it's the fucking ultimate sandwich, right? You've got to take a hoisin sauce. And if it isn't inside one of the bottles with a nozzle on it, you're going to want to transfer it to a bottle with a nozzle because this is important. And you want a thin drizzle of hoisin sauce across the top of that chicken. And then you put the top of the focaccia on, slice it in the middle. And you enjoy one, not only one of the greatest sandwiches ever, but one of the most taste sensations you'll ever have. And if you want a wee bit of crunch in there, if you want a sort of a bit more textured, and you want to get some straws, potato straws, right? Think of those like salt, they're ready salted chips, the hard, crisp, wee chippies. Sprinkle some of them on for a bit of crunch. Robert's your feathers, brother. What a fucking piece that is. So there you go. Roasted chicken breast out of the oven. Bit of salud. Bit of hard cheddar. Some potato chips. Mustard. Mayonnaise. And hoisin sauce. What a fucking piece. On a vacatcha loaf. Oh my god, man. Oh my god. Andy boy. What a question, mate. I hope you, you make a sandwich. What would you have? What would you have, listeners? Battlefield Army members? Eh? Recruits? What's your fucking favourite piece? Get in touch, man. Let me know. Um, do get in touch with the show, but in, in all seriousness, you go to the website. Um, all the links are there to social media. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Facebook, I am Scott Gibson Comedy. Instagram and Twitter is at Big Scott Gibson. As always, the episodes drop on a Wednesday. Um, and on Wednesday night, 8.30 on Facebook, is the Quarantine Quiz. It is an online quiz. Um, live. We broadcast live on Facebook. And we're doing it every single Wednesday for the full duration of lockdown. 
So as you're listening to this, enjoy it and then join me at night, Wednesday 8.30 on Facebook for the quarantine quiz. Right, I'm looking at some other questions here, but I think we're going to save them um, for the Patreon episode. That will be coming out this week as well. Um, thank you as always, everyone who's listened. Thank you to everybody who got in touch with questions. Uh, Douglas Anderson, David Exley and Andy Boy. Thank you very much indeed, the rest of you guys. Um, I will ask your questions on the Patreon episode, which will drop this week. So, like I said, head over to Patreon, uh, sign up for as little as $5, get yourself all the extra content. It's the best way to support the show and to continue to grow the Battlefield Army. Thanks for listening. A bit of ranty, but hey, you know, that's that's the way it is. And uh, episode two of Officer's Mess, the interview podcast that I do, will be coming out this week as well. Uh, right, that's it. Nothing to plug other than that. No gigs. Nothing's happening. The world's on lockdown. Join the Patreon. Become a Battlefield Army member. You'll fucking no regret it, I tell you that. Because I also say this before we go. I have some friends who are doing some things in Patreon. And we had a conversation today about trying to expand and do some things. And when I told them that I do an extra episode every week for my uh, wonderful recruits, they almost fell off their seat. They're doing one a month. And I'm like, what the fuck? So just, you know, be thankful that your old da is fucking pumping out the content. All right? And you know what? It's quality as well. Absolute quality content. Because I'm fucking one of the best there is. So thank you to everyone who got in touch. Thank you to everyone who listened. Subscribe, share it, grow the show, get on the YouTube as well. All the video episodes are on there. And uh, look after yourselves. Stay safe, wash your hands and your asshole. And I will see you in a battlefield soon. Onwards. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.